Pastor Anthony asked me to speak on today, the first word I heard was preparation. And it stuck with me the whole time. Preparation. And the funniest thing about that is it seemed like everything in my life after that seemed to be unprepared. I was given lots of examples of get prepared for this. Get prepared for that. Nothing major changed. My routine was my routine. But everything that happened, that word prepare, kept coming back to me. And I was like, okay, you're teaching me because I'm not always the greatest preparer. Um, I personally, you know, I know that I'm a procrastinator at times. But God was like, no, preparation. Preparation is important. And so that is the word he gave me to share. And then Pastor Anthony also reminded me that being prepared is one of the words for admin anyhow. So I was like, well, God, that was right on time. So. This message came to me first, um, preparation. And my husband told me not to be nervous, so I'm not going to be. <laughs> my main passage of scripture today is going to be one that you've already heard, but you know, God gives us messages in our own way, so it's going to be taught a little differently. It's going to be coming from Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. So you're going to hear the story about Mary again, <clears throat> just in a different light. We must be prepared for the coming of Christ. That's my overarching statement. That's the thing I would like for you to remember today. Must be prepared for the coming of Christ. It's, it's one thing to know that you have something to do, but it's a better thing to have instructions on how to do it, right? So we can talk to people about how to live right and how to do this and how to be faithful and how to do that. But sometimes people need instructions and I'm one of those kind of people that sometimes I need instructions. And so God gives them to me detail by detail. When I sit and listen and ask, he'll give it to me that way. I'm a let's break it down kind of person. So I'm going to break it down for you today. Preparation for the coming of Christ for me is encompassed by the word trust. Okay, When we begin to prepare for things, it's because we trust what the outcome is going to be. You never go into something and say, well, I'm going to do this just because somebody else said I ought to do it or just because I feel like doing it. You trust that there's something in the end that's going to benefit you being prepared for it, right? You trust that there's a great end result. I'll give you some examples. We prepare for job interviews because you trust that you're going to get that job. You're going to be good at it. So you can't go in there and fake it. You're going to think about what you're going to say. You're going to think about the skills that you have to fulfill that job. You have to get prepared for a wedding. You can't go in there and say, all right, let's just get a priest and two people to get married and invite all our friends and let's just do it. You have to be prepared. Who's going to light the candles? Are we going to light candles? Are we going to have a ring bearer? Are we going to have a flower girl? Who's going to decorate the church? Are we going to write our vows? You have to be prepared. You have to be prepared for a marathon. What am I going to eat during this time of training? How many times do I need to run a day? How many days do I need to rest? Things like that. A marathon is an extreme race, right? You have to be prepared for an exam. And you can go in there and fake it, but the end result is not going to be a trusted result because you did not get prepared. So you prepare for these things once again because you trust that the end will be worth it. <clears throat> we prepare because we prepare. I'm sorry. Yes, that's that. When we prepare for Christ's coming, however, it's because we trust the source. And God is that source, right? If you choose or when you choose to believe in God and in Christ's word and everything that you read and everything that you learn, 
It's because you trust the source. Why do we trust the source? We trust the source because God is unchanging. Everything else we do, everything else that we prepare for even, can go wrong. You can prepare, have it laid out, written down by detail, but things happen, right? Car accidents happen, people pass away, uh, the weather changes. Somebody was telling me about a beautiful wedding they planned yesterday, and the power was out the day before the wedding, and so the bride was probably like, I prepared for this, and there's no power. So things happen that adjust our steps, but God does not change. So when you prepare to receive Christ, there's not going to be any change from him. Is that right? As we go through this Advent season, we have to reflect on preparation that was taken by Mary to be ready for the coming of Christ as well. Uh, just like her, we have, to tr we have trust, we have joy, we have uncertainty. We might even have questions, and that's okay. But what we don't do is discontinue our preparations. Cannot discontinue your preparations for the coming of Christ. It's something that has to be ongoing because we must be prepared when Christ returns. You don't want to catch him unprepared. or You don't want him to catch you unprepared. Um, I've never celebrated Advent historically because I, just because I suppose the churches I went to wasn't something that was pointed out. So coming to Mission House, I think last year was our first Christmas time with Mission House, started to learn about it. I still didn't get really deep into it. But in this season, I'm learning more and I'm listening more. So I did a tiny bit of history on it, just a little bit for myself so I would understand and I learned that in the 6th century for the Roman Christians, it was linked to the coming of Christ the second time. When is God going to come back for all of us? Later on in the Middle Ages, it was explicitly linked to Christ's first coming at birth. It was the coming of Christ at his birth. Now today, it is still linked to the second coming of Christ while still reflecting on the Old Testament time of waiting and hoping and expecting the Messiah to return and act on their behalf. Because between, I believe in the Bible, it was Malachi and up into the New Testament, there were centuries that passed. And they were still waiting for that Savior that was promised to them. So it's still that waiting period, and we link that waiting to our waiting now. We still have some troubles, like they had troubles there, right? Mm -hmm. We still have some things that we would like God to deliver us from that they wanted to be delivered from. We still have evil in the world, like they had evil in the world. People that disagree with their Christianity, we still have all of that. So in a way, we, we can parallel our thoughts to some of their thoughts. God, rescue us from these things. Save us from these things. We're still waiting for God to come and do that. <clears throat> Trust encompasses at least three elements in this particular story. And those three elements are accept, yield, and obey. <clears throat> These are the three things that the Spirit pressed upon me to share with you. Accept, yield, and obey. Alright? So I'm going to read a little bit of the passage. It says, in the sixth month, sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent an angel, Gabriel, to the Galilean village of Nazareth to a virgin engaged to be married to a man descended from David. I am reading from the message, so it's going to be a little different. His name was Joseph, and the virgin's name, Mary, Upon entering, Gabriel greeted her. Good morning. You're beautiful with God's beauty. Beautiful inside and out. God be with you. She was thoroughly shaken, wondering what was behind a greeting like that. But the angel assured her, Mary, you have nothing to fear. 
And when I read that, fear was the first thing that stopped me because I was thinking about trust the entire time. And then I ran into the word fear. I was like, well, we have to talk about that fear because Mary, have had, he, he saw that she had fear. She didn't say, I'm afraid. He saw that she had fear. He saw that maybe she hesitated, right? We do the same thing sometimes. Even if you can think about when you first thought about giving your life to Christ, everybody's situation is different. But there might have been a little bit of fear. What do I have to give up? What do I have to do differently? Who's going to change around me? Or who do I have to cut off? Or whatever you may have thought. Might have been a little bit of fear. So, like I said, I'm a detailed kind of person. So I looked up the word fear. And I also looked up the word trust. And they're like enemies to one another, right? So the word fear says to be afraid of someone or something as likely to be dangerous, painful, or threatening. To be afraid of someone or something as likely to be dangerous, painful, or threatening. But trust means to believe in the reliability, truth, ability, or strength of someone or something. Kind of the opposite. To believe in the reliability, truth, ability, or strength of someone or something. So in other words, it's like the angel could have said to her, Mary, don't think this will be dangerous for you. It's not going to be painful to you to allow this to happen. It's not going to be harmful to you. In fact, this is going to strengthen you. It's something you can believe in. And it's something that is the reliable truth. Okay? So it's like he compared the fear and the joy, the fear and then the trust. Like, I know you seem afraid. However, this is a good thing. Right? I believe in God's reliability. Right? Sister Vanessa, you know God's word to be true. Amen. That's trust, right? Right? All right. Tim, you know that God is able, right? All right. So we all have trust for God in a lot of different ways. And that's the same thing that the angel was trying to make Mary see. You don't have to have fear at all because this is a God thing and he's going to make it work. You don't have to worry about all those other details. Just get it out of your head. So that's the part of this word that's for me. Stop worrying about all the details. Stop being afraid of things. Stop being fearful when you feel like you don't have enough. You know, stop worrying when you don't see it all coming together. That's not for you to do. That's for God to do. Do you trust God or do you not trust God? Are you going to worry or are you going to trust God? Are you going to complain or are you going to trust God? Are you going to be fearful or are you going to be trusting? <clears throat> God has a surprise for you. You will become pregnant and give birth to a son and call his name Jesus. He will be great be called son of the highest. The Lord will give him the throne of his father David. He will rule Jacob's house forever. No end ever to his kingdom. Mary said to the angel, but how? I've never slept with a man. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the highest hover over you. Therefore the child, therefore, the child you bring to birth will be called holy, son of God. And did you know that your cousin Elizabeth conceived a son, old as she is? Everyone called her barren, and here she is, six months pregnant. So he reminded her, yeah, people are going to talk. People do believe what they want to believe, but God had to come and even show those people that they didn't know what they were talking about. God did that, right? Nothing, you see, is impossible with God. And Mary said, yes, I see it now. And I like this version because it helped me break down my accept, my yield, my obey. When she said, yes, I see it now, she came into acceptance. She accepted what the angel said. 
All right? I looked up accept because that's what I do, right? I look it up. It means to consent to receive something that is offered, to acquire, to obtain, and in this case, she obtained what? Favor, all right? To take on, to say yes to, to believe in, and to acknowledge. So Mary openly accepted. She said, yes, I see it now. <clears throat> we must also accept Jesus into our heart. The first thing we have to do is say yes. When, when you go up, uh, when you went up to get saved, they said all you have to do is give God a yes, right? That's his green light to go ahead and say, okay, I've been here all along. I've just been waiting for you to give me the okay. Because God doesn't make us do anything. That's the free will. Right. Amen. Which can make it difficult too, right? Because we're stubborn people. But once we say yes, that's his way of saying, all right, I'm ready to take over because now you're going to allow me to take over with your yes. Then it says, I'm the Lord's maid, ready to serve. She yields. Okay? I'm, I'm ready to serve. She's yielding. Yield means to produce or to provide. What is she providing? Her body to carry the baby, right? To surrender, to give in, to give up the struggle, to submit to, to hand over power. That's the part where we say, not my will, Lord, but yours be done. Okay, I'm tired of trying to run things. I'm tired of trying to fix my life, Lord, you fix it. Not Iyamia Benzet, what's her name? She can't fix anybody's life. She can offer them advice. But in the end, they have to say yes to God, right? God fixes your life. So once you yield, you said yes, now you have to put your hands up and you have to say, Lord, you take over. I cannot do this. And I've accepted that I cannot do this. And I'm going to trust that you're going to do what your word said you're going to do for me. You're going to fix my life. You're going to help me to fix my life, right? Because we have to play a part as well. We have to continue to yield. It's the thing that we do over and over again. Because every day when you wake up, you might not feel like yielding. You might not feel like bending or surrendering. You might get up and say, all right, I got this. I'm going to do this. And that's okay. God does give us confidence. He gives us common sense. He gives us our own knowledge and our own skills and our own abilities. But at the end of the day, we need to put him in front of all those things so he can work through our skills and work through our knowledge and work through our abilities so that we do them the right way. Right? So we have to yield as part of our preparation for Christ. <clears throat> then it goes on to say, it's still Mary talking. Let it be with me just as you say. She decided to obey. Let it be with me just as you say. Okay. Obey means to carry out instructions and to comply with. Okay. I said yes. And step back and see what God's going to do. I'm going to just let it happen. I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to carry this child no matter what the world says. So after she complied, this is the part I like, after, at the very end of all of that, it says, then the angel left her. The angel left only after Mary understood and after Mary trusted, right? He didn't come in there and say to her all these things and then just walk away, leaving her wondering and confused or speechless. He didn't, he didn't do that. God doesn't leave you confused. He doesn't leave you 
speechless, not in a bad way. He might do some things that make you speechless. But if he's instructing you, he's not going to leave you with, okay, God, you told me what to do. Now I have no idea what's going to happen. Now, we might feel that way because our human nature steps in and says, well, how is that going to happen? And who's going to make that work? And when is it going to happen? And when is it going to be? And how fast is it? Those are the things that we do. That's the human side of us, right? But God did not allow that angel to leave with Mary being confused. He waited for her response. He waited for her to agree that she was ready to yield. He waited for her to agree that she was ready to get prepared for the coming of Christ. So once all of those elements were completed, her trust was built. She accepted, yielded, and obeyed. It's the same way with us. We can't do one and not the others. We have to do all of those together. All that builds your trust. Okay? We have to accept, yield, and obey in order to be prepared for the coming of Christ. We cannot trust God in fear. The process of preparation. Proverbs 29 and 25 says, The fear of man brings a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. So if we're fearful, when we're fearful, we get choked up. A snare is like a trap makes it difficult for you to navigate things. It makes it difficult for you to escape. Imagine an animal with his foot caught. That animal might be big enough or strong enough to drag that thing along. But how much more difficult is this journey going to be if you can't get out of that snare? It's the same way with us. That's what fear does to us. It's like allowing somebody to put their hands around your neck and you have to still go throughout your day. And you can barely breathe, but you can breathe enough to make it. But it's going to be difficult and you're going to lose some oxygen in your brain. It's going to cause further problems. This is just going to cause you some issues, and it's not being free. So you don't want to have fear, because fear equals a snare. Don't want to be trapped, all right? Talking to myself first, all right? Proverbs 3 and 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not to your own understanding. And that is self-explanatory, okay? Because we can't make anything happen. God makes things happen on our behalf. <clears throat> So Mary made a quick decision to trust God's messenger. We have a sin nature. Even Mary, she was born of the flesh, right? Mary had a sin nature that could have caused her to reject that truth, to question it, to waver back and forth. The angel did not come and ask her to consider anything. He told her what was going to happen, and she had the opportunity to say yes or no. So she could have taken the time to think too long. She could have changed her mind. She could have said, not Lord, uh, not yet, Lord, I'm too young. I don't think I'm ready for that. What are my parents going to say about me? What are the neighbors going to think? What is my future husband going to say? Is he going to leave and change his mind about marrying me? Um, or she could have said, Lord, I don't think I'm special enough for this job. I'm special enough to produce royalty? We've been waiting all this time, all these decades, for a savior, and you're going to make it happen through me? Why me? I don't know. It's just like you being offered, you got three jobs on the table, they all call you for an interview, and the most important one with the most uh, detail, the best salary, the best everything, maybe you have to move far away. So you get scared and you say, I don't know if I deserve that. I think maybe I should just stay in my comfort zone and stay here and work this job. Mm -hmm. Or maybe not a job, maybe, I don't know, give me an example. Something else that you have to make a really big decision about, or something else that's saying, uh, somebody asks you, for example, Pastor Anthony, don't you want to run for mayor? You said, mm, no. And I'm not saying that that's the fear, because God, you know, God don't want you to do that. But just to use that as an example, if God told him, yes, you can run for mayor, he might step back and say, uh, 
That's taking on a whole lot of responsibility. I don't deal with these people. Amen. I don't know if I'm going to have enough time for them. Amen. In fact, I don't even know if I, would. I speak well enough to talk to the whole city. I speak to people in church all the time. I can speak about God all the time. But now I'm talking about city things. And I'm talking about these rules and these regulations, Lord. Thank you for the opportunity, but I don't think I can. Right? No. Or Ash, for example. She's a photographer. Now, she has another job that is not just photography, right? But some big opportunity lands in her lap. Would you like to be our head photographer at this big corporation? You make X amount of money. She's like, well, I already have a job, have benefits. It's a decent enough salary. I already know what happens from day to day. And y'all might have me traveling, and y'all might have me to do something, and my camera might break, and, you know, I might forget some of the skills, or I might need to take a course. Uh, I'll just stay where I am. But she missed that opportunity because of fear, right? God doesn't put fear in us. We put fear in ourselves. All right? All right. So we need to believe in God's miracles because miracles still happen. That's right. They might not be as large as parting the Red Sea. Amen. Right? They might be as small as that's your next opportunity and you need to jump on. Amen. All right? So when God sends a message to us, we must act immediately, say yes, yield, and obey. Trust always in God so that you can be prepared for the coming of Christ. And as I was wrapping this up, this song came to mind. I'm not going to sing it. I'm just going to say the lyrics of it. You're familiar with it. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room. And that was the part that stuck with me, that our hearts have to be prepared to receive Christ all the time. And it's something that we have to do over and over again. And that's okay. Just don't avoid the process. Continue to prepare yourself for the coming of Christ. Amen. Amen. Amen.